In this episode of the Nesson Soccer Podcast, we unpack the Zlatan Ibrahimovic, LeBron James political war of words. Plus, we share our thoughts on the developing saga of the Barcelona election and how it may affect Lionel Messi's status with the club. One, two, Nesson Soccer Podcast. I am Mark along with Marcus. Marcus, it's been a minute, but how are you this afternoon? I'm very good, Mark. All right, me too. And I'm very excited for a different source of topics than uh, we typically get on this show. We're going to talk about Zlatan versus LeBron. We're also going to talk about the Barcelona elections coming up. And of course, we'll have our matches of the weekend. And I guess the Zlatan quote of the week, if we continue doing that, uh, it will kind of be the front of the show here. But let's dive into that. I mean, kind of out of the blue, Zlatan Ibrahimovic doing interviews for Discovery Plus in Sweden. And I'm sure that interview covered a wide range of topics, but really zoned in on his comments on LeBron James and LeBron James's work in activism and politics and kind of using his voice. And before we kind of dissect it between you and me, Marcus, we should just play out what was said. So we're going to start with Zlatan's initial comments to Discovery Plus here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked a lot. And uh, I mean, he's a phenomenal in what he's doing. But I don't like when people when they have a, the, some kind of status and they go in and they do politics at the same time what they're doing. I mean, do what you're good at. Do the category you do. I play football because I'm the best in playing football. I don't do politics. If I would be a political politician, I would do politics. That is the big first mistake people do when they become famous and they come in a certain st- uh, status. Stay out of it. Just do what you're best at because it doesn't look good. That was Zlatan on Discovery+. Plus. Less than 24 hours later, LeBron James responded to the comments following a Lakers game. So here's that. At the end of the day, um, you know, I would never uh, shut up about things that's, um, that's wrong. Um, I, I preach about my people and I preach about, uh, you know, equality, um, social injustice, racism, um, you know, systematic uh, uh, voting, uh, voter suppression, um, things that go on in our community, um, because I was a part of my community at one point and seeing the things that was going on. And I know that, you know, what's going on still because I have a, a group of uh, 300 plus kids at my school that's going through the same thing and they need a, a voice. Um, um, and I'm their voice. I'm their voice. And I use my platform to continue to shed light on everything that may be going on, not only in my community, but around the uh, you know, this country and around the world. So, um, you know, if, if, if there's no reason, uh, well, not I would say no reason, but there's no way uh, I will ever just stick to sports because I understand how, um, you know, how this platform and how powerful my voice is. Um, and he can just ask uh, Renee uh, Montgomery, uh, you know, if I would have shut up and just dribbled. Um, seeing that beautiful black woman today, um, you know, be a part of a, a group um, where she's part of an ownership group now with the Atlanta Dream down in Atlanta. And uh, it's funny he say that because I believe in like 2018, he was the same guy who said uh, when he was back in Sweden 
talking about the same things um, because his last name wasn't a certain last name that uh, he felt like it was some racism going on when he was out on the pitch. Um, right? He did say that, right? Yeah. I thought he was. I thought he said that. So um, I speak from a very educated mind. Um, so um, I'm kind of the wrong guy to actually go at because I do my homework. Finally, that was LeBron James, of course. Zlatan kind of doubled down and had one more comment that we're going to play out for you here. Racism and politics are two different things. Noi atleti unisce mondo. Politica divide mondo. Allora, atleti unisce, politica divide. Okay, Marcus, so that's kind of what went down, and everybody's had an opinion on this. But, you know, what, what were your thoughts initially, and then after, you know, the response by LeBron, and then the double down by Zlatan? I mean, what, what have you thought throughout this whole odd occurrence? My initial thought was that maybe something might have been lost in translation. Um, although Zlatan is fluent in English, I thought maybe he might have meant something different than the way it uh, than the way it reads. But when he came back and sort of clarified his uh, remarks at the San Remo Festival, it was very clear that he meant what he said, which was that athletes shouldn't engage in politics because politics are inherently divisive and sports are inherently uniting. I don't disagree with those, with that outlook, you know, his outlook on politics being divisive, sports being a unifying thing, but I do disagree with, um, I guess, with his argument. And maybe it's a, right. uh, maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's, um, you know, I thought it was really interesting uh, to note when I wrote about this on Nesson.com, I'm not sure if you've read it or not, if he, you know, Zlatan has played in maybe seven or eight countries, including the United States, uh, yeah. represented Sweden throughout his international career, but he's bounced around, uh, you know, Europe and, uh, and in North America. So his outlook on these things, it was definitely something that I had to stop and at least think about and consider rather than dismissing it out of hand uh, that makes sense due to his you know his varied experiences but then again he has gone all over the world at the top of the game in soccer everywhere he goes uh not only does he become a champion but you know he comes in as a highly paid superstar so maybe his you know, for what, what sports does for him is not what sports does for everyone else. You know, if you, if you think of the, who's the 13th man on the Lakers? <laughs> no idea. Exactly. I don't know either. Uh, you know, if you think of, you know, a squad player at uh, maybe PSG that we've never heard of, is, is this person a great unifier? I don't know. But Zlatan clearly was taking aim at those who are stars, uh, superstars, saying that they can do more good by uniting and staying out of politics. That was the first thing that it, you know, it really gave me, um, gave me some food for thought, but uh, I've thought yeah. about it and I still don't agree with him. Perhaps it's because of my own background as a black American, 
perhaps it's because, um, I don't know, it just doesn't pass my smell test. Now, what LeBron did was call out Zlatan for his uh, previous stances about, uh, you know, anti-racism in during his time in Sweden. Um, yeah. But Zlatan's clarification made an important point that he's not talking about racism. He is talking about politics, uh, you know, the picking of the, the yeah. choosing of candidates. Um, and LeBron has been very active in, uh, you know, certainly in the last two presidential elections um, on the Democratic side. And I think something that Zlatan omits to, you know, that Zlatan seemingly ignores is that you can't separate politics from race in this country. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, the, the two have always been hand in hand. There was a uh, little civil war over it uh, 150 years ago, and, you know, there's still, there's still issues going on. It's been one of the key questions in uh in United States history and Zlatan, you know, sure. He thinks superstars should stay out of, you know, pick And he wasn't just talking about athletes as well. I think he was thinking about, uh, you know, movie stars and celebrities. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Other celebrities who reach the pinnacle of their respective field. Um, and he was also saying that you should stay out of politics while you are practicing whatever your practice is. Um, Right. That's something that that's something else that I just disagree with. Um, and there's a rich history of superstar athletes engaging in politics in this country. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 very interesting discussion. And, you know, that I didn't expect it to come from Zlatan, but uh, the fact that it did come from him, uh, you know, you definitely have to think about it because of his vast array of experiences and his uh his unique story but um i guess if uh, i had to pick a side i'd still be on team lebron on this one yeah i mean marcus i basically agree with everything you've said i was more just really surprised by the double down by zlatan and you mentioned his kind of worldwide travels and career and all the different countries he's played in that's where I think he might understand that you know his opinion on like whether or not somebody chooses to get involved in politics and use their platform at a celebrity level is is kind of their decision to make I mean first of all you know Tom Brady for example has been somewhat criticized for not really taking many big stances on anything political And even if he kind of dips his toe, he seems to pull it out right away with anything controversial. And like, you know, he could probably do a lot of big things or create awareness on any number of issues. And he isn't comfortable with it. But meanwhile, LeBron is, you know, he dives in head first and he puts the money where his mouth is and he has his own school and he makes real change in his in Akron, in you know, anything he chooses to get involved with. And then you even look in the soccer world, like Marcus Rashford has gigantic charity involving a food charity for underprivileged people in England. These things aren't really political. Now, in an election year, LeBron might publicly back 
a candidate that he thinks is going to fall in line with what he wants. And sure, that is by definition getting involved in politics, but it's not with the end goal of really being political. It's with the end goal of improving community. Yeah, and, I think you I think you make an important point there, which is yeah. that Zlatan's outlook on the the function and outcome of political process is not necessarily something I agree with. I'm not one of those mm-hmm. people who thinks all politicians should be voted out or hung or, you know, that they're all bad or they all, you right. know, when I, when I hear that, I, I cringe because it's, you know, it's, it's just not, it's just not true. That's just a sweeping statement. You can't say a hundred, hundred percent of elected officials are, this or that, or they have some, you know, underhanded or evil agenda. Right. And so, you know, Zlatan is speaking from his, you know, his, his outlook on, you know, what politics is. Uh, maybe LeBron believes that politics can, can achieve positive change, lasting change, right. um, which we have seen in, it happens from time to time. Um, <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is possible. So, you know, the level of, uh, you know, Zlatan, it, 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 he, he spoke with a level of cynicism that I, I just don't get behind. And I'm sure a lot of people agree with him, but uh, I don't. And, but it was great to see. It's great to see two superstars duking it out uh, over such an issue. Uh, final point I want to make is that if we are really trying to decide what the place of uh, wow. you know athletes is in public life, whether they should stick to sports or not. Uh, we certainly have to open up. We can't just limit it to LeBron and Zlatan. You have to open it up to uh, other people and other voices. Um, and the first that comes to mind is, you know, when I was thinking about this over the weekend, what would Bill Russell have to say about this? Mm. Um, you know, like let's get athletes in that have been at this for a long time. And, uh, you know, Zlatan is larger than life now, but his star will fade as well. Uh, you know, 30 years from now, people aren't going to be wondering what Zlatan thinks and says, but uh, what he has to say might be important. And it'd be interesting to see how his outlook develops over time once he fades away out of, uh, out of the limelight. That's a good point. Um... Yeah, no, I, Marcus, you kind of said it all. And like, we could go, you know, we could go in circles. We could do a podcast on this every week. Um, so I don't, don't have wanna... much more to say on it. <laughs> uh, w- one thing I will say um, is Zlatan, just to kind of end on a, a perhaps a bit of a lighter note on this topic. Uh, in the midst of all this, Zlatan took off to the San Remo Music Festival where he uh, agreed to be like a guest of honor in a contract he signed with the music festival prior to their soccer season. He was supposed to make it back for AC Milan's match yesterday. He ultimately did not, and he didn't play. And the coach Stefano Pioli said uh, after Milan drew one, one against Udinese uh, saying today we were missing out the right characteristics to take this type of match. We were missing the two strike, the true strikers in our squad. So, I mean, not that it's, it relates necessarily, but like, this is a guy that just took off and abandoned his team 
uh, in very much in the middle of the season to attend this music festival. Um, I don't know. It, it's just my, uh, my overall opinion of Zlatan has taken a significant hit uh, and truly disappointed. Like I don't want to have a negative feeling of Zlatan because he is so entertaining and such a good player. Uh, so, but you know, we'll just see how, as you said, things develop post career and um, in the twilight of his career and yeah. how our opinion changes of him. Maybe for but, you, it's a, uh, you know, it's a lesson of about uh, your heroes, how much you build them sure. up, what you expect from them. Uh, it's part of growing up, Mark. Uh, your, your, heroes <laughs> Thanks, will, your heroes will let you down at some point. No, Mark Garcia Parra never let me down. But um, all right, let's move on <laughs> to the Barcelona elections, which will take place on Sunday. Uh a lot's gone on with this story. Of course, there were the arrests on Monday. Um, and Marcus, you can kind of speak a little bit more to those. Uh, but I, well, actually, Marcus, let's just have you speak to that because we, we do have to kind of speed up a bit here. Um, what all went down with these arrests? I mean, were, how much, how significant were they? Uh, what exactly do they even mean? And why were these people arrested? Uh, Catalonia police. That's a uh, state in Spain for the uninitiated raided Barcelona stadium and often offices uh, in an investigations into improper management and business corruption, specifically what is known as Barca gate, uh, a scandal which popped up about uh, 12, 13 months ago, where the club's top officials were accused of contracting a company uh, to launch a smear campaign against current and former players who are critical of uh, former president Joseph Bartomeu and uh, his lieutenants. Uh, Barcelona, and, and this is hiring a social media company to create bots and, right. uh, you know, make negative comments about players. And, it's just uh, so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, a smear campaign. And then they paid, uh, you know, they paid this company at least uh, a lot of money. I don't know how much it is, but uh, Barcelona CEO Oscar Grau, legal services director Ramon Gomez Ponti were, were detained as well as uh, one of the top lawyers, his name is Mas Ferrer and former president Joseph Bartomeu, uh, who slept, spent Monday night in a Barcelona police station before his release. Uh, Barcelona says they're co cooperating and collaborating with the investigation and uh, yeah, so that's going on. That happened six days before Barcelona elects a new president and uh, board of directors. And this is truly a pivotal moment in the history of the club because uh, as I describe it, the club institutionally is crumbling uh, under yeah. a mountain of debt. Um, although they did roughly a billion dollars in revenue before uh, before the pandemic hit, they have a, uh, a mountain of debt, which comes largely from salaries that they're paying to players, including, uh, or most notably, one Lionel Messi. So this, uh, you know, this election is going to be who is going to lead this uh, hallowed club out, uh, out from under this mountain of debt. And there are three candidates. One who is somewhat known to uh, 
soccer fans around the world, Joan Laporta. He was the president of Barcelona between 2003 and 2010. Uh, here he is 11 years later, coming back to reclaim the throne. Uh, Victor Font, who was in, he was the early front runner until uh, Laporta began surging in polls. And then a man named Antoni Freixa, who's kind of a holdover from uh, the Bartomeu regime. Uh, he's really seen as somebody who doesn't really have a chance. Uh, so I think it's going to go down to Laporta and Font. Um, mm -hmm. And Barcelona's 100,000 plus members are uh, in the midst of voting. I think the, you know, the, the voting, I'm not sure when it opened, but it closes on, uh, on Sunday and a whole new, uh, a whole new leadership group is going to come into Barcelona uh, for the next chapter in their history. Um, between 2003 and 2010, it was, you know, they won uh, two Champions Leagues um, under, uh, in Laporta's reign. Yeah. Uh, between 2010 and 2015, they won one in 2011. Uh, right. I don't know how much credit you can give the next uh, the next guy who came in I think that was Sandra Rossell um, and then they won another one in 2015 um, but the debts have really piled up over um, it's really over the last 20 years and Barcelona is in crisis as we've talked about uh, time and time again on this podcast yeah it's uh pretty outrageous uh the levels that this has gotten to and you know i'm not saying barcelona should be the most profitable soccer club in the in the world but the idea that they are like operating at a loss or not making money or in debt at all is just crazy and it it, it is because you have people in charge that you know are doing things incorrectly, whether they're making, they're just really bad at their jobs or they're doing something illegal or they're paying people for smear campaigns, um, which also in and of itself, I mean, what a stupid idea. Like you have the idea that robotic social media accounts will have any actual influence on your fan base is so far-fetched and so out of touch with like what, is going on in the world today and like what can actually make a difference i mean i don't um, know well here's the thing he did it or they did it on the uh i want to say on the eve of an election year about a year ahead of uh an election year yeah and politicians and you know leaders heads of state do this around the world all the time. Yeah, uh, you definitely it, hear about that. It, it is a regular thing. Uh, you know, you can, it, it, it's well, it's been what, happening. Marcus, I, not to, uh, again, we're getting into grander world topics. It's funny how soccer will bring us to that. But I will say as even within the last year or two years, the let's say the average person is becoming more and more aware of and cautious of anything they see, certainly on social media platforms and just on the internet in general. And I think people are taking more and more responsibility for the opinions that they create within themselves 
and like more and more responsibility of checking sources and not just reading a headline, you know, that is attention grabbing and developing your opinion based on that to maybe, first of all, click through that headline, read the article, but then also read several others, at least on any sort of serious issue or topic to really understand and get multiple perspectives on what's going on. And that certainly, I think, would fall into the Barcelona fan and certainly anybody that has a vote in this election is not going to be influenced by, you know, uh, slandering Twitter accounts. Um, at least that's my hope. And you know, again, hopefully I'm not just being naive here, but, uh, you know, certainly the people that vote in this election care about Barcelona to crazy levels that even us as big time soccer fans might not even fully understand. So I think that, I don't know, we, again, getting off topic, but basically my biggest question in all of this is, uh, you know, not being a Barcelona fan and kind of just understanding Barcelona from the global perspective. Um, Lionel Messi is of course at the center of all of this. And my question is, is Messi already gone regardless of who wins this election? Also, you know, which candidate is best for keeping Messi? But then, like, even if a candidate is elected that is going to convince Messi to stay, like, can Messi be considered, like, in a long-term plan of rebuild? Like, probably shouldn't be, considering the situation that the club is in. You're looking at, like, you know, close to a, you know, five- to ten-year plan of, you know, getting back to a really well-run club. So that puts Messi at a pretty old age, you know, by the time you're really fully up and running as like a legitimate, you know, just well-run machine, like getting to like mimic uh, Bayern Munich or Real Madrid or Manchester City um, sort of sort of level of efficiency. So, you know, I, I don't know, Marcus, like which... uh, you asked three questions, but yeah, I did. Sorry. Them. <laughs> the first one was. uh which candidate is most likely to keep Messi? Uh, yes. Laporta is the one who says he is. Uh, he, he's come out and said, if you elect me, Messi will stay. Uh, whether that is actually true, uh, Messi hasn't come out and backed any particular candidate. Uh, so we just don't know. But your third question was a very good one, which is, is it best to keep him? And I would say, uh, no, uh, Barcelona needs to reset its wage structure, uh, the way it you know disperses salaries throughout its squad. It needs a heavy reset, and you know, make no mistake about this, Barcelona is a victim of its own success because mm -hmm. they had Messi, or they have Messi, uh, who's the best player in the world, one of two, and they had to pay him at that level. And when they were winning, every other player becomes more successful and demands more. Well, right. this has created a burden that uh, was unsustainable before the pandemic hit. And now the club is teetering on the verge of bankruptcy. So regardless of who was elected, something I read today really resonated, which is that the lenders, the, the, the banks that own that own Barcelona's debt, the banks Barcelona owes money to, will effectively run the club 
going yeah. forward because the biggest and most urgent policy that Barcelona's president needs to implement is, you know, at what, what are they going to repay and at what rates? Um, and that mm -hmm. will determine everything else that happens at the club. Um, I don't see them being able to pay off their creditors and keep messy, but who knows, maybe a, maybe a sleight of hand. Well, I mean, Lionel Messi owes nothing to Barcelona and time after time has just, you know, given everything, you know, including probably sacrificing some career success, at least as far as gaining trophies, um, you know, to stay at Barcelona. And uh, I think at least, again, from this sort of worldwide perspective, um, at this point, the I kind of see Messi's, success at Barcelona pretty much done. I mean, they got the Copa del Rey final. Maybe that's sort of a fitting goodbye um, if, if they manage to win that in April coming up here. But I would love to see him go to PSG or, you know, I mean, Manchester City is constantly thrown out there with him. Uh, or just, you know, to a legit Champions League contender and like this kind of powerhouse club and just have him you know be on a really successful team that doesn't have all this drama that he doesn't get just like pulled in a million different directions and kind of you know sometimes you look at the lineup and you see Messi plays the full 90 and then there's this kind of cast of characters supporting him and it's almost like is this just the Messi show and we put Messi out there and he's wearing the Barcelona jersey but the team is just not really what he deserves to have around him. Um, so I, I, at this point, I hope he moves on. I hope that the club moves on from him. Um, and, you know, it just will take time. We'll check back. And in five years, Barcelona will be back to being a really big time club. But um, that's, that's my thoughts on it. I don't know, Marcus, you, you want to wrap, put a bow on it. Yeah, they're still big time, but are they, um, are they operating well enough to, rain in Europe that is the question um, and that is you know it is it's almost they're at the level where it's the only question where uh, league titles and cups aren't good enough uh, it's Champions League or bust for certain clubs um, you know it's just uh, it, it's that's just a fact of life for the likes of uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG, Man City, Juventus. Um, it is what it is. Well, we'll see uh, what happens with the elections. And who knows, we'll, we'll maybe be talking about this, the results of the elections uh, in, next, in our next podcast. But let's move on to our games of the weekend. Uh, Marcus, you stole mine. I'm not going to reveal it. Don't worry. I'll... <laughs> But I'll start with mine, and that's Bayern Munich versus Dortmund. That'll be 12.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday on ABC, which uh, is pretty exciting as we are pretty sure that this is the first Bundesliga game to air on ABC. Um, but Bayern Munich is leading Leipzig by two points in the Bundesliga. Uh, they've been dropping points recently with their kind of match congestion they had the Club World Cup. They had the Champions League. They got eliminated from the German Cup. 
DFB Pokal. Um, so they are out of that, but I believe had like a draw in their match following. Meanwhile, Dortmund have regained some form, four straight wins in all competitions. Uh, Jaden Sancho is kind of, you know, he seems to be at kind of 100% Jaden Sancho at the moment. Uh, and Holland is still a beast, of course. So if there's ever a time for Dortmund to not let us down and actually beat Bayern, I think it's this weekend. I, although I think I say that every time these two get together. So yeah, uh, <laughs> we all know how this one's going to end. That's, <laughs> that's that's all I have to say about your game of the week. Okay, <laughs> fair. Mine, uh, which you could have picked, had you <laughs> you could have picked it. That's all I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Uh, had you beaten me to the spot, Manchester City versus Manchester United, 11.30 a.m. on Sunday on NBC. It's number one versus number two in the uh, Premier League, which sounds exciting, but it's really not because Man United trails Man City by 14 points with 11 games to play. Um, the title race is a foregone conclusion, but it's still a Manchester Derby and it's still, uh, it's, it's still interesting. There, there could be fireworks. Maybe there won't be uh, man city. I believe is on a 21 game winning streak in all competitions. Uh, will United break it? Who knows? Uh, I predict they will not break it. And I predict man city will not drop a premier league. They will win all premier league matches until they clinch the league. That's my, they won't have any draws either. That's my prediction. Uh, well, that could happen as soon. It could, it could happen very soon. Uh, right. That, it's, not, it's not that long of a streak to continue yeah, on. Yeah, if, yeah. You're if, saying if, the, streak, uh, the streak might go to 25 games and then that's it. So, right. Hot take. Thanks. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Well, Marcus, thanks for joining me. I really enjoyed our discussion today. And of course, always appreciate your, your wise views. Um, And uh, I want to thank the listeners for joining us. And if they want to continue to follow along, as I'm sure they already are, they can do so at nesson.com slash podcast. Also, follow us on Spotify and iTunes by searching Nesson Soccer Podcast. And uh, you can find all of our information there. And you can like and comment and download and subscribe um, and do all that stuff. And we definitely appreciate it. Marcus, any last word? Not a one. All right. Thanks, everybody. I read out why I tell you soon.